Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture, edited by Jim Harris, and music by Mike Hall. Hey, Jim. Hey, Mike. What if we could talk episode by episode without being angry? That would require us to be in a different universe. Or maybe each of us from a different universe in itself, thus being a multiverse, conglomerative group. I don't know if that's really a word for two of us. (laughs) But still, let's try going episode by episode, talking about Marvel's What If. Okay. Are you familiar at all with the What If series? Oh, is it series? In books? No, I had no idea that it actually was that. Oh, yeah, so there's a series in comic books where, like, just every once in a while, it would be, like, a standalone single-issue, what if this happened instead of this, and it would just bring a whole different aspect to the story. Oh, I had no idea. Does that bring this series into a different perspective for you, then? Not really. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember, like, a year or two ago when Marvel had come out with their, like, stuff that's coming that we're going to do at some point. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I had heard about What If. And that's just what I thought it was. It's just something that they came up with to do for the TV show. And it sounded interesting. It sounded like something. And then I think I later found out that it was animated, which made even more sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, that, that looks like that sounds like something I'll probably want to watch. Yeah. But I had no idea it had a basis in comic books. Yeah, like the comic books would be like, what if the Venom symbiote had attached to Mary Jane instead of Eddie Brock or, or something like that? And it would take you on a neat little journey, but it was more compact than the full series a lot of times. So, so yeah, it was interesting for me anyway. So when they, they announced it, I got really excited because I'm like, oh, they're going to go a lot of different cool directions. I wasn't disappointed. As we go through, I mean, there's some episodes that obviously weren't as good as others, but ultimately I, I don't really have anything negative to say about the whole series. Me either. I mean, again, casual Marvel fan here. I was going to watch it. I probably watched it sooner than I would have because we're doing a podcast about it. I didn't watch it until it was already over. So I didn't watch it week by week. I had no real desire to watch it immediately. And I'm actually glad that you spoiled it for me because that helped me understand why some of the episodes seem to have weird sort of abrupt endings, Mm -hmm. knowing that everything was going to get tied together to a certain extent with a future episode in the finale that made some of it a little bit more... Not understandable, but at least more watchable. Mm-hmm. I only watched it once. I had no desire to watch it again, but I did enjoy it. It was good enough. Yeah, I watched it twice. I, you know, I watched week by week, and then this week in preparation for this, I watched the whole series again. And I would actually say this: the second time through was more enjoyable because knowing what happened at the end let me pick up a little more details of setting up for that. I but, could see that. So, yeah, and it would also seem to be a lot of sort of like. I'm sure there were a lot of Easter eggs and funny references and stuff that I missed. Yeah. There were quite there were quite a few references. I mean, I caught many of them enough to 
see that they were doing something, mm-hmm. but not enough to want to like go back and watch it again. Yeah. So let's go. I don't want to recap the episodes, but let's go and just our thoughts about each episode. So the first episode would be what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? Are you going to do your voiceover voice every time? I might. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think about that episode? I am a Peggy Carter fan. I like the character and I like the actress. I actually did watch. Did you actually watch the Peggy Carter live action television series? I actually didn't. So I did. It wasn't great, but it was enjoyable enough. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Haley Altwell, who who portrayed her in the series and in the movie. So I I enjoyed the idea of it. I had to. I understand what they were going for with this, but. I could have done without the Steve Rogers part of the episode, but I understand they were going with a sort of a, a reversal. Not only what if she you know, went in mm-hmm. and became the super soldier, but also that sort of still having the Steve and Peggy uh, relationship, but just being inverted. Yeah. I didn't really like that all that much. In part mm-hmm. because I think maybe this is stupid, but from like the movie, she saw him as like a, a nice guy. But until he turned into, like, super soldier dude, she had no, like, romantic slash sexual interest in him. So her still jumping for the scrawny Steve Rogers seemed very unrealistic to me. Now, who knows? We don't know. How do you know she didn't like him before? True. Because, I mean, she was rooting for him. She was pushing for him in everything. I mean, maybe not the physical jonesing, as you said. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that happened afterwards. But... She still liked him. I, I think it showed that they liked each other for who they were, not for necessarily for what they looked like. Maybe. I, I mean, I could see Steve still liking her. I, I just didn't see in the opposite direction. Also, I didn't really see it like, for me, either just kill him and just get him out of the way so that whole thing is gone, or what I thought they were going to do. I didn't really like the whole Hydra Stomper thing, but what I thought thought they were going to do is when Steve falls off the train in the Hydra Stomper, I was like, oh, they're going to make him the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. And I was like, oh, then that would be interesting because then Steve does become a super soldier by becoming the Winter Soldier. And then she, that Mm -hmm. would have been an interesting dynamic. But this having him be the dorky scrawny kid and then putting him in the not Iron Man suit, eh, didn't really care for that much. See, I, I absolutely loved that part. That was what huh. made the episode enjoyable for me. Because Steve Rogers was a guy that was not not getting involved. One way or another, he was getting involved. That's why he went to the program. You know, because he wasn't being let in. And then also you got the parallel of Tony Stark is always being compared in parallels to his father. So the fact that now his father created the Iron Man outfit. And then Steve Rogers is piloting it. So then you also get the dynamic of it's always been Captain America and Iron Man, whether they're friends or enemies or whatever. Those two always just kind of, they were almost a dyad, if you would. Oh God. (laughs) Star Wars nerd. (laughs) So just having him become Iron Man was just a very interesting aspect for me. Technically he becomes Hydra Stomper. He does not become Iron Man. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> he's almost like Hulkbuster, but he's right. the Hydra Stomper. Right. At the time, it's not like they were going to be able to create a sleek version. True. But yeah, I, I just thought that 
that's what made the whole thing interesting. The Peggy Carter becoming captain, I thought it was like, to me, that's obvious. And it's obvious she would be a good one or great, really. If anybody besides Steve Rogers was going to be great at it, it would be her. But having Steve become the Hydra Stomper adds a layer of dynamics that makes it interesting to me. Okay. Yeah, that was the part that I didn't like. And like yeah. again, and I, it was I was disappointed. I was I was almost on board when I thought they were going to turn him into the Winter Soldier, which I guess technically could, still, could happen. still happen. That was like one of the things I didn't like not to jump way ahead. But in the finale, there's like an extra like it's not a post credit scene because it just happens at the end of the episode. But yeah, you don't know. So maybe I don't know. But yeah. I could have just stuck with the Peggy as captain. I didn't call her Captain Britain, but that's essentially what she looks like because yeah. she doesn't have the American flag on her shield. She has the British flag. Right. I mean, after that part, it, it does become rather, and like a lot of the episodes, it's kind of, eh. I mean, it's it's not really all that great of a story or all that great of, it's just, yeah, stuff's happening. She's kicking Nazi butt and whatever. A lot of, I mean, all of the episodes are relatively fast moving. Yeah. You get the idea, which is actually good. They don't really dwell on it too much. It's right. like, what if, what if this happens? And then a couple of short vignettes, a few sort of reversals of things we saw in movies. And then, then we're done. The, the first two episodes were that way. Yeah. And then they went a whole different direction. But yeah. Yeah. This one, I, I really like the parallels in the storylines. The story changed, but was the same at the same time. So, like, Red Skull never got to develop the weapons with the Tesseract because he didn't have it yet. But he still got to, like, take get the portal going, like, did other things with it, brought the monster. And I guess that's actually something that he did in the animated series with the Tesseract was open portals to different worlds, which kind of starts in this whole thing. So they pulled a lot from a lot of different things and brought them all together. And I, that's it actually might be... One of my favorite episodes of the whole series. Wow. I didn't like it. I wanted to say I didn't like it. It was like, eh. I did yeah. like how they sort of then blasted her into the future. See, again, it's for me, it's just all the parallels, how it's different but the same. Yeah. And I guess in a lot of things where they talk about parallel worlds, that's kind of what happens. It's different but the same. And so I liked it. Episode 2. What if T'Challa became Star-Lord? Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Yes. A sad reminder of a great loss that we suffered in the MCU. I mean, and other obviously more important avenues of life. But the MCU lost a huge star. Yeah. And it was only that sadness and appreciation that made me like the episode. I actually didn't particularly care for the story of the episode. I thought it was a little too sugar-coated goody-goody. So just because T'Challa is taken, the Ravagers are good people, and he convinced, even convinces Thanos not to be a big dick. It, it does seem a little bit too nicey-nicey. That, yeah, that, I agree with you. I mean, that, I mean, it's supposed to be, oh, one thing changes. It's like, yeah, but everybody else radically changes? Yes, without doubt. T'Challa is a much better person than Peter Quill. Right. But what do you have that much of it? <laughs> that well, one person changes everybody else? Well, possibly. Because, I mean, everybody everybody else didn't change that drastically personality-wise. They're just saying that he has that much charisma that 
he was able to change perspectives for a lot of people. So even Captain Genocide, <laughs> he still kept maintaining it was a good plan. Oh, yeah. But, you know, this other way might work, too. So that was, to me, that's how I took it anyways. He's just kind of opening it up saying, hey, you know, we don't have to be assholes. We can still do the stuff you want to do, but then turn it around and actually do good with it and make the universe a better place, as Chadwick Boseman did. Exactly. So again, acceptable because of that, but yeah. overall a story I didn't particularly care for very much. But I'll agree with you. that It was an interesting concept, but it got boring pretty quick. Which a thing that happens throughout the entire series. There are nice little in-jokes and quick references to stuff. Uh, yeah. A lot of stuff that goes by rapid fire that was good jokes and stuff like that, yeah. So, which is peppered well throughout the entire series. Yeah, that's about all this one really had. Yeah. Moving on to episode three. What if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Because Hank Pym is a serial killer. <laughs> you know what? I never really thought about this before this either. If you're not familiar with the comic books version of Hank Pym, mm -hmm. this probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? No. Yeah. So I needed a comic book reference to understand. So is Hank Pym like an asshole in the comics? Yeah, he has like multiple personalities and times. Like there, there was a big thing at one point because he beat the shit out of his wife, Janet Van Dyne, the Wasp. Like he he beat her and then like got kicked out of the Avengers. And like there's this whole like ever since then there's been like a big thing. Like every once in a while people are like, oh, well, you're just a wife beater, you know, stuff like that. And at one point uh, he lost his mind and became Yellow Jacket. And thought oh. he thought he was a completely different person and he was killing people, you know, stuff like that. So it actually makes more sense if you're familiar with the Hank Pym character. That didn't surprise me at all, but this is probably my least liked episode. I would say it's my least liked episode because not knowing the ending about the comic book thing, I was like, huh, so Hank Pym's killed everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I just found it a little like, so who's killing, who's killing the Avengers is like, Huh. Yeah, so I, yeah, it didn't make any sense to me, and it was just sort of like, okay. And so actually, I think also the only episode that doesn't really tie into anything else that comes after it. Yeah, it's I can't like, really think of anywhere that that tied in it. I think it's the most standalone-ish yeah. of the episodes. So yeah, it was weird. Again, another chance for them to play out pivotal scenes from the movies, but happening in a different way. Yeah. That one... I know it was supposed to be like a big surprise that it was Hank Pym, mm -hmm. but I, w I had it figured out after like the second kill. I'm like, oh, it's somebody that shrinks. Okay. <laughs> like right away, like right when Barton let go of the arrow mm -hmm. and he's like, I didn't do it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Somebody that shrinks made him do it. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was mind control or what was going on, but yeah, yeah. it made, it made sense once it was revealed, but I was like, huh. It's just kind of weird. I, and that was actually to the, he fights Loki and Loki is basically Loki, Loki, but he's coming to avenge Thor's death. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Again, that makes sense. So Loki and Thor, how they hate each other, but they're still brothers. So it, there's very much a relationship of, oh yeah, I absolutely hate that guy. Oh, you fuck with him. I'll kill you. He's my brother, but I hate him. There's very much that sibling rivalry thing there. So that fully made sense to me, too. And, and to me, that the way they portrayed Loki in it, too, was more of a, I'm just looking for an excuse to come here and kill everybody. 
And you just handed me the greatest excuse ever because now I have an army. So that that's how I saw it. So I guess this episode for me was interesting idea, interesting story, kind of boring to watch. I would agree, which is also one of the good aspects of the series is, again, it's just short little vignettes of what if. And it's mm-hmm. not like it gets all of the episodes were like less than 45 minutes. So it's like not a long time. It yeah. Everything unfolds pretty quickly. You know, really get into it. No big deal. It's just uh, something else to think about kind of thing. Right. And kind of similar with this next one, which is episode four. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? I didn't like this episode either. So, I mean, this is actually where I watched them and uh, the whole thing in batches. I watched the first five episodes and then I watched the last four episodes on a separate day. I was really getting tired of the series after not just this episode, but the next episode, three, four, and five. If I was watching week to week, I would have just stopped and waited until the entire season was over because like, yeah, I'm not liking this series. But since I watched it after it all had already dropped and and over the course of two days, it picks up. But this episode didn't do anything for me either. Okay. This episode, the first time I watched it, I thought it was pretty boring. But then the second time through, it picked up a little bit more. I enjoyed it a little bit more, but I was also distracted doing other things, so I wasn't solely paying attention to it, so it wasn't quite as boring. I know it's supposed to be an alternate version, but I just never really saw the the Doctor Strange character from the movie caring that much about the girl, that that would have bothered him in any way. Hmm. And him turning to magic to find a way to go back in time seemed like a bit of a stretch. And then all the things he was doing, I just didn't buy it. I mean, it didn't really play up the romance angle all that much in the movie. He was basically just a dick who didn't really seem to care about her all that much. So, I don't know, maybe they were trying to play up that angle. I just didn't really buy it. But at the same time, the movie didn't really even really address it that much. No, again, they didn't really make much of their relationship at all, other than it was failed. Even before he had the accident and then after the accident she was the only person who was actually trying to help him and he basically treated her like shit but even i mean again they didn't really play up that much of the relationship other than it was failed it just to me it it seemed like a weak premise and overall the story wasn't particularly interesting okay for me it was just how repetitive it was was what was boring for me I, i think they just went to the well a few too many times both in the trying to stop her from dying and in the absorbing the demons from different universes. I just think they just almost how you feel about family guy jokes. <laughs> where they just they did it just a little too long. And at least in the jokes when it's funny, it can become funny again. But this wasn't funny. And it just got to be okay, I get it, move on. Mm-hmm. So I think this one, like the last one, could have been a little bit shorter. Could have been, but again, this again, as an aside, this is why the series is good. You don't have to like every episode. Yeah. And again, even if the ones didn't like as much, they're still relatively short, so. Yeah. But it was interesting to see how powerful Doctor Strange could be if he was willing to let go and feed and not care about the consequences. There's that, too. And he's still Doctor Strange. Like, at the end, he's still smart and logical and everything too so i don't know i think it's an interesting interesting thought on 
almost the Joker-esque one bad day. I should probably should have explained that better, but you know what? If you're listening, you know. <laughs> All right. Episode five. What if zombies? That is literally the title, and that is the right inflection. It's like, why this episode? So at this point, I am sure, I'm just positive that this series is made mostly for comic book fans. Oh, is this also a comic book reference? There's an entire series of Marvel zombies. Oh. And even in the second Secret Wars, like a whole section of Battleworld was from the zombies universe. Oh, okay. Again, so whoop. A lot of this series went over my head because I did not know that there was a what if comic book series. Or any of these, uh, as we've said on the podcast many times, I'm not a comic book guy. I've read, other than Spider-Man, I've read very, very, very few Marvel comics. And even then, Mm -hmm. not a lot. And again, casual Marvel fans. So I know very little about the Marvel universe outside of what has been put into movies or series. Yeah, so I'm guessing on this one, too, you probably didn't like it. Because a lot of this episode revolves around personalities of the characters, which is pulls a lot from the books too okay i mean it wasn't it wasn't terrible but I, this was again at the end of my breaking apart my watch into two parts this was again the third straight episode that i was like yeah if this is all again if you hadn't told me before i started watching it that there was a tie together coming at the end i might have just stopped watching the series to be perfectly honest yeah because after this was the third straight episode that i was like eh. Yeah, I mean, I guess not a lot happens in this one either. It's just kind of, oh no, zombies, we got to get to the place. Oh no, more zombies, what do we do? And that's about it. Yeah. And it kind of finishes like a lot of zombie movies where it's like, and we don't really know what happens. And then it finishes with a zombie Thanos with an Infinity Gauntlet. Inside Wakanda. What happens? Yeah, exactly. They were trying to get to Wakanda because Wakanda was safe from the zombies. But zombie Thanos is inside of Wakanda with the Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, he can teleport anywhere, so he's not going to be able to be kept out. True. So he teleported someplace else, got zombified, and then teleported inside of... I I don't know. Yeah, it was just like a weird... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Again, not really a whole lot to say about this episode. Other than, I mean, if if you like the references, you like the jokes, and there's a lot of jokes in this one. Oh, yeah. Then it's, it's worth watching. But it also kind of drags. Yeah, so those that's the, the three... Those three episodes are probably the only three episodes that I didn't actually enjoy. Yeah. And I enjoyed night. them, but they're probably some of my least enjoyable. Yeah. Well, then you got episode six, which might be one of the more interesting episodes. What if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? This is one of my two favorite episodes. I really actually enjoyed the storyline of this episode. It I was like, really well thought out. Yes, I thought it was really well thought out. There are a few places where they have to just kind of stretch the believability bar because, again, it's, it's a single vignette, so things just have to happen so that things can happen. Mm-hmm. But overall, I thought like it was one of the better stories. It also was a bit darker, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, I mean, the zombies thing was dark, but in a different way. I like the, the sinister nature of it. And I understand, obviously, that obviously couldn't have been something that they did in a live action movie. But it really made the Killmonger character 
more interesting to me, and I did overall like the story. Yeah. And it, it played in with the whole series of movies up to the point where it ends, too. Yes. Again, very similar to what I was saying about the first episode, where it takes a lot of parallels. And, okay, if this happened, then maybe this would have happened instead, and maybe this would have happened instead. Mm-hmm. And just kind of prolongs it out. And, uh, again, I think it was very well storyboarded, very mm-hmm. well thought out, and well put together. And, all, and although the episode overall has a dark tone to it, there is also some good humor to it, too. Yeah. A lot of Tony Stark being a dick humor, which is even somewhat funnier because he's just Tony Stark. He's not the Tony Stark that became Iron Man and then became a hero. Even the the very quick throwaway joke of, oh, maybe I could build a mini arc reactor. No, that's a stupid idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that it's probably my favorite story of the entire series. That and, makes sense. And it's hard for me to say. If this isn't my favorite episode, the next one is. So it's six and seven are my two favorite episodes. I'm not sure which way to rank them, though. That's interesting, because the next episode, which we might as well just jump into, because I'm I'm kind of done. I mean, other than saying it was interesting, there's not really a whole lot to talk about, uh, unless you want to break down all the aspects of it, which is why so. you don't like going episode by episode. So, <laughs> so let's jump into episode seven. What if Thor were an only child? I think, again, possibly, it's definitely one of my top two. I thought this episode was really funny. And not that there wasn't humor in the other episodes, but this was just a laugh factory of an episode. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny. It's it's silly, and it's kind of wacky at times, but I really enjoyed this episode. First time through, I hated this episode. <laughs> But probably because I love the character of Thor so much. Oh, yeah. That I'm just like, that's that's not Thor. No, that's shit. He would not be that bad. But then the second time through, I opened up a little bit. And I'm like, okay, maybe if Thor was super bratty and didn't have other things happen to him, the movie version of Thor that it had. Okay. Yeah, I guess I could kind of see it. Yeah, because I know that you didn't like in our Thor episode, you had talked about how the movie version in general was a more lighthearted version of the comic book character. Yeah. And this is an even more lighthearted version than the live action movie version, which even for me is like the premise was kind of weak, that just because Loki wasn't his brother, that's why he became Party Thor is kind of stupid, but it's funny and you can tell that I think everybody in this episode was having a blast doing this episode. I think that's what got me to like it on the second watch is all I heard was Chris Hemsworth just having a blast. Yes. Through the whole thing. He mm-hmm. you could tell he really loved doing that. Just like dude Thor, you could tell he really loved doing it. He he's liking stretching out and just pl- being playful and that made it enjoyable. I think it was also one of the things that was funny for me, too, knowing that Love and Thunder is coming. Mm-hmm. And Natalie Portman is in this, and she voices Jane. And, and, and throughout the series, most of the voices are done by the live-action actors. Obviously, this is not what Love and Thunder is going to be about or like. But it just seemed like it made me think of how much fun that movie is going to be, even though it's obviously going to be much more serious than what this episode was. But it was still, I think everybody really enjoyed themselves. Plus, it is the second 
of the two Howard the Duck appearances in this series. Oh. <laughs> and Darcy becomes Mrs. the Duck. True story. Yeah. So yeah, I I really enjoyed that and and the the fight between Thor and Captain Marvel, I thought again, it was funny, but also mm-hmm. the, another one of those who's the most powerful Avenger type things done much more comically. Yeah. <laughs> Which I I've been wondering if that is in response to that interview. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's an interview at one point where some, the Brie Larson and and Chris Hemsworth were there, and they asked who's the most powerful, and she's like, "Well, of course it's me." And he's like, "Well, I don't know. Maybe we should fight." <laughs> and then she took it really. She's like, "No, it's me. It's without a doubt, it's me." And he's like, "Well, I don't know." You know he's being playful, but. She was actually getting really pissed and defensive. Oh. And he just kind of kept trying to bring it back to being playful. So that's what I kind of wonder if that's what this was somewhat referencing. But I don't know. And she's one of the few people who doesn't voice the animated character. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel is not voiced by Brie Larson in the series. So maybe there's definitely... I mean, there's a lot. I mean, all throughout the series, there's a lot of good jokes, but there's a lot of really great jokes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was hilarious when she shows up and he's like, "Yo, White Snake," because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thor is just like a crazy frat party boy dude in this. It's kind of silly. There's all sorts of really funny, even just like in the bat, like the fact that the rabbit. Is oh in- yeah, the rabbit in the sink. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. I also really liked uh, the Stonehenge part where he's like, and what if I give it a little tap? <laughs> oh, and, no. Oh, no, I ruined your weird rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. The one thing that stood out to me in this episode, though, even the first time through that I'm like, huh, was the end. Because, I mean, we'd, we'd had partial Infinity Glove zombie Thanos... But in this one, we get Vision Ultron with all of the Infinity Stones in his armor. Not seen anything about this yet at this point. And you see them like, that that has to come back. Mm -hmm. What the fuck was that? And what's going to happen? Yes. Because at the end of that one, it's just like, you know, and they all lived happily ever after. Ooh, I spoke too soon. And then, yeah. And then that's just the end of the episode. You're like, oh, okay. But yeah, it's, if there was an episode that I was gonna that I would rewatch, I would I would rewatch that the Killmonger episode and then that episode I would definitely rewatch. Those were my two favorite episodes. And then we roll into episode eight. What if Ultron won, which starts to tie everything together? Yes. And so this one is another one where I thought it drug. I liked the story that was there. But I was also really bored at the same time. I liked it. It probably was stretched out a little bit too much. Had a hard time with the it's just Black Widow and Hawkeye left. I'm I'm not not a huge Hawkeye fan, but seriously, the dude that shoots arrows and Black Widow and that's and they're doing all that stuff. I know they wanted to do another one of the inversions of Hawkeye falls and sacrifices himself instead of Black Widow. But could have done without that aspect. I did kind of like, I don't know if it was intended to be a joke, but how, how easily Vision slash Ultron defeats Thanos. Yeah. 
<laughs> Which I think was also kind of a reference to you should have gone for the head. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, he could have been easily defeated before, too. Just nobody wanted to kill. Yes. Whereas Ultron, and I think it was just a show, <laughs> Ultron's like, oh, I don't care, I'll kill everybody. Like, right. immediately, no thought. Mm-hmm. I guess this is another one, though, of if you're a fan of the books, you're going to be like it more. Because in the books, Hawkeye always seems to survive. He always seems to be one of the last ones standing. And in okay. Black Widow, too. It's just... And I think part of it's because they're so used to being defensive. They're not the big guns. They're not the... They're just humans. I mean, Black Widow kind of has a healing factor, but not, you know, not that much. So... They're used to having to survive. You know, they're not going to be able to take the big hits like Hulk or Thor does. So they're used to dodging and hiding and whatnot. So it makes sense to me that they would survive because they wouldn't put themselves into the situation that they might die. Whereas the other ones are going to stand right in front of death and say, have at thee. (laughs) And thee. And thee. (laughs) Call back to the Thor episode you should watch. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean it it set up what it, the beginning of of tying everything together and mm-hmm. and setting up the final episode. So yeah. And it, it brought was, back Arnim Zola, which that surprised me. I'm like, "Huh, of everything you're going to think of, that's Arnim's and then it's like, "Oh, that makes sense actually because you know, you're bringing a human brain processing instead of a computer that might work." Maybe. And was that more of a it was that another deep comic book reference? Kind of, but not uh, yeah, because you get the stomach face thing later. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Sometimes I mix up what came from movies, what came from animated series, and what came from the books. So if I'm saying wrong things, I'm sorry. Sometimes I mix those up. Again, not a lot happens. No, and then it, and then it gets into the Ultron accomplishes his goal and kills everyone mm-hmm. in the entire universe. And it's nice and quiet. And then he actually hears the watcher doing the voiceover. Now, that's, I guess, on a side I probably should have asked much sooner. I understood the concept immediately, but I had no idea who the watcher was. So that's a comic book reference, I'm assuming? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the what if was always based on the watcher watching. But yeah, the watcher in the books, the watcher is part of a race that that's all they do is watch. You know, they're not allowed to interfere. All they're doing is documenting basically what happens in the universe infamously he gets involved he's the one that warns initially that galactus is coming and he's actually like outcast from the watchers because he interfered kind of looks like a guardian of oa very similar probably ripped off from that (laughs) but but yeah i mean that's that's their whole thing is they watch it and generally speaking can't really be seen unless they allow themselves to be seen and so that was kind of what that was like you can hear me how can you hear me that kind of thing. There's also a big book around like who killed the Watcher because somebody murdered the Watcher at one point. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Again, I like the series. I like the idea of it. While I don't like all the episodes necessarily, some of them drug on, mm-hmm. it's still interesting. It is. And again, that ends with the Ultron becoming aware of the Watcher and becoming aware of there are more universes than mm-hmm. just the one he was in. And so and it's then, like throwing him through the universes and, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And then you get the whole another way of Picturing or conceptualizing the multiverse, which is obviously the the big Marvel thing for this yeah. phase of the MP- MCU, is going to be the multiverse. Probably, I mean, I'm not sure if this is going to be tied into how the movies will work, but 
it was a nice way to conceptualize the whole multiverse thing. Yeah, I was so, kind of wondering that too, if they were going to bring this into the movies or not. Yeah, whether or not the Watcher is going to like show up at some point, we don't know. Or but, if that's how they bring Cap- Black Widow back, or if they replace Captain America with Captain Carter or something like that. Yeah, again, I mean, it's not necessary, but I guess maybe they wanted to open the door to, if they wanted to, they could just have people... I mean, again, any any multiverse concept done anyway would allow you to say, hey, let's do something different and say, it's just another universe. But yeah, this was an interesting way of, of showing the breaking through of different realities. Yeah, but ultimately this episode is very similar to the zombie episode where it's just them running away from a horde of robots. Yes, substitute the zombies with robots and it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, so again, it's interesting story. Didn't really do a lot for me. Except for, oh, cool, ultimate, gauntlet, Ultron. I thought that was a cool concept. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, Which then brings into episode nine. What if the Watcher broke his oath? And that oath being that he only watches. Correct, that he cannot interfere. So he decides that he tries to and cannot stop Ultron on his own. And he decides to recruit people. Mm-hmm. from across the multiverse to battle Ultron. And with the exception of one character, he actually recruits people from previous episodes. Yep, he recruits the the Strange Supreme, you know, Doctor Strange that is super badass, Captain Carter from the first episode, Star-Lord Ch- T'Challa from the second episode, Party Thor, Black Panther Killmonger, and then a Gamora variant who had killed Thanos. Yeah, because that was just like when I saw her, it's like, did I miss an episode? Because like, I don't remember even seeing her in any of the other episodes, even as like a background character, whereas pretty much everybody, like, especially in a couple, like in the T'Challa Star-Lord episode, and maybe in also the Party Thor episode, almost like all of the characters in the MCU, or at least in the background at some point, Mm -hmm. I never remembered seeing her. Not that version of her, at least. Okay. Yeah. I think she was in the Party Thor episode briefly. Okay. But not that version. Okay. But, yeah. And you're assuming she's coming from a universe where she killed Thanos because she has Thanos' big weapon? I'm assuming it because it's on this sheet here that I'm reading. Oh, that's what it came from? (laughs) That's a summary of all the episodes. And it says, and a Gamora variant who killed Thanos. Oh. From their respective universe. So. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't really caught that, but it makes sense with the armor and the weapon and everything, so... Okay, I'll buy that. Yeah, that was the only thing that was a little bit weird to me that... I mean, it wasn't bad to see her, but it was just weird that that didn't come from a previous episode. Right. But then it makes sense of why she pulled out the Soul Stone Eater Destroyer thing. I'm like, okay, so that's how you beat Thanos, and I guess it kind of makes sense, but... This I really liked this episode tying everything together, bringing everything, even bringing the zombies back and everything, especially the Wanda zombie. Mm-hmm. I thought all that stuff was cool. Now, again, very well thought out, well storyboarded. You get the movie-esque, oh, we won. Oh, no, we didn't win. Oh, shit, now what do we do? We're all going to die. Oh, now we're going to survive and we win again. And then we win by not really winning and just kind of having a draw of some kind. So, and then also sets it up for there's going to be a failure at some point. So then we are going to have to deal with this at some point. And a sacrifice has to be made by someone to stop bad stuff from happening. But 
something could happen again. Right. And then also a little bit of a continuation for a few of the characters when they're thrown back into their universe. Or a different universe. Or a different universe. I mean, a continuation for Carter's character, which again was the thing I was alluding to earlier, which I thought was unnecessary, but that they found a the Hydra Stomper and there was someone inside of it when she gets thrown back to where she came from before she was recruited by the Watcher. Right. Because they all go back to the point, all except for one, go back to the point for where they were recruited yeah. by the Watcher and she continues on the mission that she was on and at the end of that, they find the Hydra Stomper and there's someone in it. Dun, 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 dun. Which maybe that is Steve Rogers as a Winter Soldier, who knows. But that was kind of a weird lead-in. And the only yeah. thing that they wrinkle was that they sent Black Widow, understandably didn't want to go back to where she came from because she was literally the only person on the planet who wasn't a dead. Yeah. <laughs> so she wants it to It would go. suck to be a dead. It would be, yes, exactly. <laughs> so she gets to go to an alternate, alternate universe where they're fighting Loki in the Battle of New York, but their Black Widow had died somehow sooner, and she gets yeah. to join that universe. Yeah, what happened there? Who knows? Hmm. And I think that was it in terms of where everybody went back to. Yeah, for the most part that I'm aware of. Yeah, and that concludes the, the whole series, which... I mean, for as much happens, there's not really a lot to talk about. No, again, it's it's well done and and well thought out. Even the episodes I didn't like, again, short and to the point, gives you stuff to think about. I enjoyed it overall. I did too, and I, I still maintain, I think the second time through was more enjoyable knowing how it culminates, because then you can pick out the details and kind of see how they set it up. And for somebody that likes to think about how things are made, that made me happy. I could see maybe at some point me watching it a second time just to watch the jokes again. Yeah. The references that they make to things. And catch uh, a few more references. Probably. Catch, yeah, catch a few more references. Yeah. And I have no idea if they're going to make, if there's going to be another season or not. I mean, they kind of leave it somewhat open-ended that there could be more, but it doesn't have to be. But here's the thing with what if, it doesn't have, even have to tie together. Yeah, that's true. And so it would not surprise me if after every phase now, or every couple phases, whatever, every storyline, they do another set, it would make sense to me. I'm on board. I mean, they're already kind of, it seems like they're already kind of going a little bit in that direction with the live action stuff already. The Loki series already has that baked into the series that there's another, that yeah. Loki that he didn't go back to the same university he started in and things were different there. And we already, just from not some trailers and previews of upcoming movies, that whole idea, we know that the multiverse in several different but related ways is coming to the live action yeah. movies, which may just be how things change from this point forward, but they could be what if like stuff in terms of like you had mentioned earlier, how some characters could come back, perhaps played by different actors. And they could also go and do other stories, even independent of the movies. Like one of the few characters that didn't really get, which I had no problem with, one of the few characters that really, really get much was Peter Quill. Yeah, I don't really like that character anyway, so I'm okay with that. Me too. So I thought it was actually kind of funny in a way that he was kind of like, really kind of like the only major character that kind of got left out. I mean, he 
briefly appears, and then that's it. Twice. Twice, yes. Yes, and then the second time, it just kind of shows you, like, and I'm okay with just laying here. That's yep. fine. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy it more if you read the books, if you're familiar with the books. Yeah, uh, just they, from having this conversation with you, I, I've definitely... It didn't even dawn on me, nor did it have any uh, negative impact on my watch. I had no idea that What If was a comic book series. Yeah, you can still enjoy it without, Yeah, for sure. But I think having that experience or having that background knowledge makes it even more enjoyable. You probably could not have seen all of the movies. But I mean, all, a lot of the references and the whole idea of things being different would make more sense if you had seen all the movies. Yeah. Not all animation is like this, but most of the voices are done by the same people. Not that that's necessary. But no, but it's kind of neat. You, you can yeah. tell they enjoyed doing it. Yeah. So I think overall, whatever level of fandom you are in the MCU, or whether or not you're familiar with the comic books or not, I think it's an enjoyable enough series. Mm-hmm. And it's something that maybe, even if they don't come back to this, I would like to see Marvel do more MCU animation, even if I- it's not just this. Yeah, I agree. I'll leave this with one final question. Okay. What if more people reviewed and shared our episodes? We need the listener, not the watcher. And that's why we don't have listeners. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at fanboyandhater. Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.